Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right, enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound podcast. Each week we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. Welcome to the special episode of the Long Island Sound Podcast. Today, I get to interview Ernie Canadeo, the chairman of the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. We talk about the history of Long Island music and their grand opening this November 25th in Stony Brook. They've got a new facility. It sounds fantastic. They have over 100 inductees already since 2006, and there's a really bright future for the Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. Check it out. Today is a very special day at the Long Island Sound Podcast, featuring the grand opening of the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame's new location in Stony Brook. Their mission is to celebrate the rich musical heritage of Long Island and to support music education for future generations. It's my pleasure to welcome a fellow avid music fan and chairman of the Hall of Fame, Ernie Canadeo. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, Ernie. Good to have you. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to give you a little tidbit. I actually stole the name of my podcast from a Billy Joel speech when he said the Long Island Sound is more than a body of water that separates Connecticut from Long Island. And I went, holy crap, nobody else has a podcast with the same name. I was like, this is kismet, you know. That's fantastic. So, um... You've been around, uh, by the way, Ernie is also the founder of EGC uh, Group, which is a media and advertisement group, I would assume. Yep. And uh, you've been uh, the um, director or the chairman for about 10 years now. And what I found interesting in doing research on the Hall of Fame, it seems to have followed the track that music followed as far as being a grassroots startup and then now growing to finally getting a location. So maybe you can give me some background on that. Sure. Well, the organization was was formed in 2004 by uh, educators and musicians uh, who really, really have a passion for music. And they created it to preserve and celebrate Long Island's musical heritage. They had their first induction ceremony in 2006 at the Patchogue Theater. Yeah. And it was really a, a who's who of Long Island artists. I mean, it was Billy Joel and Joan Jett and Leslie West. And I mean, it was a lot of, of people at the event. And that really kicked it off back then. I joined, and I don't recall the exact year, but I probably joined about 2010 or so. And even be, before I joined the board, I had been to the induction ceremonies and I was following them because I was always a music fan. Sure. And in, in fact, I worked at RCA Records after college. Uh, so I was there from 1978 until 1985, and then I started my advertising agency in 85. And those were great ye- years in the record business. I mean, those right. were the 
Studio 54 years. I mean, it was pretty incredible and it was punk and it was early days of, of MTV and it was really, really a blast. And I was always, I always had a passion for music. I am a guitarist. I'm a half-baked guitarist. I'm not great. But I've also written a couple of dozen songs. Yeah, um, I enjoy writing songs. I've got a, a few personal CDs. And I just always felt that my life had to revolve around music, just how it has made me feel. And I always wanted to be a part of something larger. So about 2010, um, a couple of, of guys on the board of the Music Hall of Fame reached out to me and said, look, we'd like to have someone from the business community on the board. We're all educators and musicians, and quite frankly, we don't know a heck of a lot about business. Gotcha. So I said, absolutely. So I joined the board um, and immediately started to, to put some more discipline, I guess, into the organization. Um, we had a couple of, of false starts over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, be, be, before I was involved, um, they had an offer to take over a beautiful building in Port Jefferson. Oh, wow. But what happened is to bring it up to code would have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and as a not-for-profit, we just didn't have, didn't have the money. Right, right. But the goal all of these years was really to have a permanent home. So we had induction ceremonies every other year from 2006 until 2018. Okay. And they were broadcast all over the world. We had top, top music uh, stars, uh, music executives. We had them at great places like Ohika Castle, the Paramount, the Space, the, uh, the Garden City Hotel, mm. Red Carpet. I mean, really well done galas. And that, that brought us through 2018, but we still didn't have a museum. So what we did, and I guess this was probably 2017, I'm going to say, is we were offered a 32-foot Winnebago okay. that was from the Suffolk Historical Society. And we said, let's use this as a mobile museum. All right. So we outfitted it, and it's tremendous. I mean, we had three TV monitors. We had all types of displays in it. And we're bringing it around to events. We brought it to the Nassau Coliseum for a few concerts. And things were just starting to roll along, <laughs> Pun intended. so to speak, and then COVID hit, oh. and it just stopped us in our tracks. So it's it's been in, in storage now a couple of years. Um, and then what happened earlier this year is a, a woman who had been a client of my agencies years ago, um, Gloria Rocchio from the Ward Melville Heritage Organization mm -hmm. calls me up 
and she says, are you still looking for a home for the Long Island Music Hall of Fame? And I said, yes. And she said, well, she says, I just may have a building for you. Wow. I said, really? And she said, yeah. So I drove out to Stony Brook and uh, I went to college in, in Stony Brook many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in this gorgeous little shopping community called the Stony Brook Village Center. Yep, I'm familiar with it. And it's a building that was just perfect for us. Um, it's 8,800 square feet. It's on two stories. It's a colonial. It's got an elevator. It has a gift shop. It has two exhibit. It's it's like someone said, let's create the perfect building for the Long Island Music Oh, that's great. I took one look and I said, absolutely. And we did it. Wow. Um, so this happened earlier this year. We signed a lease a, a very 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 agreeable lease i mean it's ridiculous nice. um and we started building out for the museum back over the summer and began accumulating items now so now we had to get memorabilia we had things but obviously to fill up 8800 square feet you need a lot more sure. um so we have been working hard to make this a place that Long Island can really be proud of. And that's how we led up to where we are now. You know what I find so interesting is one going over the inductee list, it's over a hundred people and venues and executives from Long Island or with roots from Long Island. And I always talk about on my podcast about the wellspring of talent here on Long Island. And I just tapped the tip of the iceberg. And I tell you, uh, I'm a child. I, I came of age in the 80s, you know, during the club scene. I was really happy to see that you're going to be doing an exhibit or your opening exhibit is going to be on the club scene from the 60s through the 80s. And what I recall is... Um, I graduated from Holy Trinity High School, and we would see bands in every town. We'd follow a particular band. You happen to recognize one of them, the Jim Small Band, with an achievement. Let me tell you, Jim covets that award and that recognition. And what I think it's really beautiful, as I get older, it's nice to have a place that you can take your kids and family to and say, hey, look what mom and dad experienced. This is our musical heritage, and it's something that can be passed along, and it's still growing and changing. There's so many genres. It's really it's really a fruitful place, Long Island, and I'm, I'm so happy for you guys. Well, I, I've always said, and, and I'll just back up a minute. Mm-hmm. About a year or so ago, we expanded our name and our mission to include entertainment right because i really truly believe there is no place not in the country in the world that has produced the amount of musical talent film stars tv stars comedians Mm. as long island right i mean i i dare i i have this conversation all the time okay i dare anyone to name a place in the world 
that has what we've created here. And, and by Long Island, we include Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Brooklyn. Right, right. And you look at those areas, and every, I mean, it's, every comedian is from this area. I mean, it's sure. ridiculous. Sure. And then you've got so many, I mean, TV stars and, and film directors and actors and actresses. And then all, all of the, the musicians. It's, it's a shame that we're so close to New York City because we've always been overshadowed. Right. But I really think when people come and see this Hall of Fame, they're going to be impressed and also shocked at, at how much Long Island, how much creativity is on Long Island. Right. I was, I was talking to one of my guests. They happen to be uh, transplanted to Brooklyn. It's a band called uh, Damn Tall Buildings. They do bluegrass and stuff. And they migrated from New Hampshire, Philly, and Montana to come to the center of the world. I'll say Long Island, but Brooklyn is now the center of the world, uh, at least for my daughter's age. And it really, it amazed me of all the different guests that I've had that came from Arizona or came from out of town. And the influences of MTV had such an influence on a certain age group that pulled them into New York, which I thought was amazing, you know? Um, and you're right, you know, I would say in the 50s, we were the stepchildren of New York City. And as suburbia grew and all the vets came back from the war, uh, the population grew and the talent just naturally grew with it. You know, it's, it's a great place. I love Long Island, I really do. Absolutely. I'm, I'm born and raised here, so I'm uh, I'm 100% Long Island. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Sure. You mentioned uh, the first exhibit. Yeah. So we chose to do, in, instead of an, an artist, and obviously the, the obvious one, of course, is Billy Joel. Sure. But instead of, of having an artist at first, everyone has such a, an emotional attachment to their youth and the music of their youth. Right, right. And any of us of a certain age that grew up in the 60s, 70s, or 80s spent their time in clubs. And we would go to all the clubs and we would see incredible bands, many of whom became, you know, world renowned. The Hassels became Billy Joel, obviously. Joan Jett, the Blackhearts. Uh, Twisted Sister right. became huge. Zebra. Just so many incredible, incredible bands. And then others like The Illusion. And it's just so many bands that people were so passionate for that let's celebrate those clubs and those bands that started on Long Island. So what we're creating, and it's it's incredible, and I have to take my hat off to Kevin O'Callaghan, who is is on our board, and he's a world-renowned world um, exhibit creator and designer. Uh, look him up, his, his credentials are phenomenal. So he's been creating this exhibit for us 
and the, the whole Hall of Fame. Um, but what he's creating is when you walk into the exhibit hall, you're going to actually do a club crawl. Nice. So we're recreating clubs, like six different clubs, including Hammerheads, my father's oh, place, wow. OBI. That brings back memories. I mean, with, with projectors and video. Nice. From that era. Oh, that's... So you walk in and like you, you step back into time. And people, I really think, are going to be so emotionally moved because we're, we're showing so much nostalgia. Right. That people will be brought right back to where they were 30, 40, 50 years ago. It's really unbelievable. You know, it's funny. When you mentioned Billy Joel, it's almost, I can recall the conversations of six degrees of separation with friends of, oh, yeah, my, my in fact, my girlfriend in high school was... Her brother was good friends with Billy Joel, and they lived in uh, in Hicksville, and and all these sub- Billy Joel sightings, and you know uh, just these great stories. And now to have a place to go and reminisce and have a great afternoon or an evening, uh, I think it's just going to be so heartfelt. But I wanted to mention one other thing, and you've had experience this in the short time that I've had this podcast. One of the things that really caught me by surprise was how generous the musical and entertainment community is with sharing their knowledge and sharing their referrals and saying, hey, this is a good guy, go talk to them. And I've just been kind of taken aback of the people that I've been able to attract, and I'm just a music fan. I play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of poetry, but I'm enamored by songwriters. I'm enamored by anybody who can get on a stage, especially stand-up comedians, and wow an audience. I mean, that I think that's the most courageous thing you can do is to put yourself out there and to not, not to be on my soapbox, but I find the best entertainers and musicians are the ones who are so transparent and share their soul and write the songs and speak the things that I can't say or sing. And that just gives that connection that you know, heals the world. Music heals the world, in my opinion. Yeah, and and, and it's, it's great now that we're seeing these musicians donate incredible things to the Hall of Fame. Mm. I mean, tomorrow we're receiving Joan Jett's 1983 Jaguar that's been in the Rock Hall in Cleveland. Holy crap, wow. Among other things, things, outfits and and shoes and and all that. On Thursday, we're getting one of Billy Joel's motorcycles that he's ridden all over Long Island. Nice. We've gotten a ton of Twisted Sister of, of these costumes from that era. We've got, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And and these artists have been so generous because I really think there's been a pent-up demand for something, a a place, a tangible place where people can go and feel good about Long Island's music heritage. Right. And now it's actually happening. Um, And it's it's really cool. Well, you know what it is? You're actually providing a home or a community center to build community. What's what's interesting about these musicians, and you'll you'll see photos, press photos of, 
you know, Bruce Springsteen meeting Elton John and all these different things and not realize these guys are touring. They're fans too. And uh, you could see it on their faces. And now that we have a place on Long Island to go to, I'm sure you're going to have to be building a year from now another wing off that location, especially (laughs) if you're putting D. Snyder's outfits in. You could probably do a whole wing just on his outfits. Absolutely. So the um, to to talk about the the Hall of Fame a minute. Sure. So we'll be changing exhibits about twice a year. So this is our our first one now. Um, oh, and and one other aspect of this exhibit is we're building a stage that's an exact replica of a 1970s stage and as we speak literally right now randy jackson of zebra has donated a ton of equipment he's actually in the building right now helping to put everything together that's how passionate he is about oh that's fantastic it's it's incredible nice um so that's one part of the hall of fame we also have a theater that will be showing our own videos from our induction ceremonies and also rare footage from from a lot of our inductees and and documentary films and it's a it's a small theater but we're putting in a very very high-end sound system so it's a surround sound system and you're going to sit there and just be wowed I, i think at the performances and then we have a dedicated proper hall of fame. Okay. So every every inductee, and there are about 120 of them now, will have their own, it's, it's a plaque, but the plaque is based on one of their works of art. So it's either an album cover, a photo, something like that. Mm-hmm. And each has a QR code that will go to their bio and also a playlist. Nice which is really nice. And then interspersed in all of that will be just hundreds and hundreds of pieces of memorabilia. Oh, that's great. And it's it's really cool. Uh, we're also building an education center. Our mission is also to support education. Sure. So we've given tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships over the years. We award educators. We we really believe that we have to help and support the music students of today and tomorrow, because so many schools the, the first thing they cut are are arts the arts. Programs. Yeah, so we're really helping to support Long Island's schools and educators in that way. I just want to make a, a quick note: anyone that we've mentioned in the podcast take a look at your phone or your screen and you'll see chapter marks and we'll list uh, links to the uh, Hall of Fame uh, to all the people that we mentioned so if you want to research more you'll get more information on that as well. Why don't we take a quick break and when we come back let's talk a little bit more about the grand opening on November 25th. We'll be right back everyone. At the Long Island Sound we're much more than a podcast we're building a community. Please go to gigdestiny.com, check out all our social media links, 
Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please comment. Call the listener line. Tell us what you think, what questions we should ask, who we should have on the show. And most of all, we thank you for your generous support. And remember, support the artists who are guests on the show. Now back hey everybody, to the podcast. Uh, this is Steve Yusko, the host of Long Island Sound. I'm with Ernie Canadeo, the chairman of the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. So exciting about the new building that they have in Stony Brook opening on November 25th. And we were talking during the break about paying it forward uh, and how the Hall of Fame supports education in music. And I just want to say one thing, Ernie. What I It was a little bit of a surprise, not much, but of the guests that I've interviewed, especially the up-and-coming people who play gigs all over the place, from solo acts to trios, they all seem to be music teachers. And they are so generous and encouraged. I, the word I hear over and over is encouragement. And that seems to be the thread through all these musicians. They've had encouragement in their careers and in music. And I'm happy that you're doing that with the Hall of Fame. Great. So we have over the years, I mean, we've had concerts in venues like the Westbury Music Fair, as an example, Mm -hmm. where We've had five or six different orchestras from high schools on Long Island perform with some of our inductees. We've had them perform with Richie Canada from, from Billy sure. Jones band. We've had them perform with uh, Blue Oyster Cult nice. and others. And that's a huge oh, thrill, sure. huge thrill. And that's happened at least a few times. Um, and we really try to create programs. We're about to partner with Stevie Van Zandt has a program. Yep. And we will be offering that also in the Hall of Fame next year. Nice. And that's exciting. Um, and I really think with, with coming out of the pandemic, it's no secret that a lot of kids are struggling there are mental health issues there are a lot of things and we really believe that music helps everyone cope including kids and music is very good for your health and there have been studies about parkinson's and and alzheimer's and dementia and just all types of illnesses that get better when you can be treated with music therapy or listen to your favorite songs and we believe in this so much that our our partner in the hall of fame our presenting sponsor is catholic okay. that runs all of the catholic uh, hospitals and other facilities on long island i think they have six hospitals and a bunch mm-hmm. of other healthcare facilities and we will be partnering on a program called health and harmony next year where we will be sending musicians and comedians and all types of entertainers into senior centers, into hospitals. We will be curating playlists for different types of of people, just running a lot of programs. Even in the Hall of Fame itself, we will have speaker series with renowned researchers and doctors who are 
who understand the benefit of music. And that's for all ages, but I really think that it feeds into education as well. And that's a part of our mission. Yeah, if you, if you think about the quarantine uh, and social media, uh, we're all connected, but then we're also uh, isolated. And that certainly affects uh, the young people. And hey, listen, we all want to be a part of something. And if music can give you that route and that journey with the healing, man, it can just open up so many doors for you. And uh, it's it's good to see you guys are doing good works uh, with this, you know, so. And music's a community. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you just said, with, with social media, and not only social media, but so many young men spend their time playing video games. And I, I mean, it's a huge, huge industry. And it's a sophisticated right. industry. And it's really antisocial, even though it's social in the fact that they play with their friends, but their friends aren't in the same room with right. them necessarily. So it's not really socialized. Right. So music events bring people together. And that's really important. Yeah. And I, I seen that after, you know, like you said, there's that pent up demand um, after quarantine. Uh, where people want to get out. And a lot of the music venues that I went to over the summer were packed. And I'm I'm including the real small stuff too, where the feeling I got, maybe I'm, you know, rationalizing it, is, yeah, I want to be out with people again. (laughs) And I want to hear the live music and I want to be able to interact and and have that uh, yin and yang back and forth uh, as as the uh, performer feeds off the audience and the energy. Uh, it's really something. Ma- it's really something magical, you know. Absolutely. So I, I tell you, I want to thank you so much for doing this. I'm really looking forward to the grand opening on November 25th uh, in Stony Brook. You'll see the links. Uh, I'll put it on the website gigdestiny.com, and you'll have all the links for the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. So you can find all that information there as well. And Ernie, I end my podcast this way. uh, And a friend told me this. He goes, you know, we can account for what we have in the bank and what we own. We can never account for the time we have left. And the fact that you gave me time to talk about really what I think is a great project and is going to just be another tourist spot in a great way for the Long Island community and help us uh, tout our Long Island roots in music and entertainment. So uh, thank you so much for being with us. Okay, appreciate it. It was great to right, brother. We'll thank see you. you soon. Be well, everybody. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Until next time, be generous with your joy. Keep your spirits high. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.